Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bless and keep us this day. May we continue to turn to you that we may hear your word and in all things believe and trust and to live it in all that we do. All this we pray in your Son's name. Amen. Congregation may be seated. For 51 years, Bob Edens was blind. Bob couldn't see a thing. I mean, for five decades, Bob found himself simply feeling and hearing his way through life. Now, Bob graduated from, from Furman University. Bob got married. Bob had kids. Is that even he somehow was able to coach Little League, even in the midst of his blindness? And yet, through all of it, is that Bob found himself missing out on still so much. That was until at the age of 51, is that Bob not only had a retina that had been detached, repaired, but was, had a corneal implant transplant performance. And so for there, that first time in his life, Bob Edens saw is that as he describes the very amazing thing to go from one who had lived so long without being able to see, that he said everything became so bright and vibrant that I never would have dreamed that yellow was so yellow. (laughs) Is that I was seeing the moon. Is that there's something that just amazed me about watching the airplanes cross the sky and just the vapor trail that was left behind is that sunrises and sunsets were my favorite. Red and orange are now my favorite color. That Bob, when he had finally gotten that sight, saw things in a whole new way, in a way that even you and I would not comprehend. See, the very fact is is that you can indeed see so much, but the fact is, is that we often miss. Is that what is it that we experience in our own kind of blindness, of things that we simply pass by, don't think of, and just simply expect or assume there? That we can see a thousand rainbows and not truly capture the beauty that we are beholding. That we may be the very ones that planted that garden, that the beautiful flowers now come up, but we are so busy with life, so hectic with worry, so stressed out about other things that we never stop to see the very beauty that is brought forth in that very midst. Is that though we ourselves are those who maybe have all of our faculties at work, that we do not see things the way that others do. Is that we may even come here on Easter Day. We may come with all of the beauty and the brightness. We may come with our Easter best and that very faith, faithful and festive attitude. We may join in the, sings, the songs and hear that very message. And still, even today, we may rush through and not truly see Jesus. I mean, that's what the Gospel of John is all about. That all the way from the very get-go, John in chapter 1, verse 14 proclaims is that we have seen His glory. That that is that theme that stretches throughout the entire Gospel. 
Not that we have glanced or that indeed we have glimpsed His glory. Not that we have previewed or that we have peaked, but that we have seen, experienced the very thing that is there. John wasn't happy to simply stand in the back with his eyes closed, listening and hearing someone describe and tell all the things that Jesus had done, that he wanted to see. And so he got out his binoculars, he got out his bifocals, his microscope and his telescope, and he continued to fix and focus his eyes upon what he saw in this amazing one named Jesus. I mean, just listen to the very things that are there. In the Gospel of John, time and time again, others, not just the very people that these things happened to, but all who hear and all who read this book are invited to the same thing. Is that John the Baptist invited all to come and behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that Philip Philip came and invited his friend Nathaniel to come and see this Jesus of Nazareth, the one who is the promised Messiah. That Samaritan woman who was at the well. You know the one who was so ashamed of her background and her life and all the mistakes that she had made that she avoided everyone and anyone, came to the well in the middle of the day. And yet, when this now was seen and heard, this Jesus that she experienced, this ostracized woman went back to her community and said, come and see the one who was told everything that I have ever done. Again and again and again. Even a man who was born blind that Jesus restored his sight, said it in those very words that I was blind, but now I see. But what do we come to today? Today is probably, I would say, maybe the greatest day in Jesus' ministry so far in the midst of all that has happened. And now his own disciples, they can't even see what's going on. (laughs) After all of the others, had seen the glory, the grace, the truth, the promise that is there, and how many came and were invited to behold. Here they were, on the greatest day in Jesus' life and ministry, and they don't see it. It's right there before them. How in the world do they miss it? That Mary is so concerned about the fact that the body isn't there that she just doesn't see what's going on. That Peter, though he runs and he races and he comes to the tomb and he sees the graves crossed, he sees the stone rolled away, he sees all of the bits of evidence that are there, that Peter is so focused on what is going on, trying to understand it, that he doesn't see the very thing that has now taken place. That even when Mary returns... After all of that, she still somehow thinks that this man who is over speaking to her is just the gardener rather than the Jesus who she has come to know and love. How do they miss it? How do we miss it? 
But how are we so blinded to things? I mean, Mary comes. Mary comes and not only sees the tomb, but she then has the Lord there and she doesn't see him, doesn't understand him. She hears him, she knows that someone is there, but she does not see who it is. See, Mary's life was a mess before Jesus. That I'm not just talking one of those kind of like suburban, you know, like middle class, I got problems. No, she had problems. (laughs) Mary had issues. Life before Jesus in that small fishing town of Magdala was no walk in the park. That how did she get, and how did life get so messed up for her? Well, how does life get so messed up for us? Where do we find ourselves in those same moments, those same places where life gets messed up and mixed up, and we find ourselves there in the midst of those things? I mean, there's so many different ways that we find ourselves doing and going through those same kinds of things. It's that indeed we might be those that are under compulsion to somehow prove ourselves to others. Is that I'll show them of what kind of person I am. That I'll be the best. I'll prove that. I'll arrive early. I'll stay late. I will show you the kind of person that I am. But that very price of perfection and that very, that very burden of trying to go ahead and see that through can be overwhelming. But then there are all of those little subtle deprivations and those things that we deprive ourselves of in the midst of that busyness of life. That maybe we find ourselves so busy doing that one thing that we stop all of the other things that we need to do to care for ourselves. We stop exercising. That we stop going to bed on time. We stop all of those things that are there. We convince ourselves that maybe that donut or that cake is that that's going to make me feel just a little better. That one more drink is going to go ahead and help take that stress away. Or maybe we simply find ourselves in the midst of that distorted thinking of saying that we tell ourselves that things will get better after this, or once I finish that, or once I get that in place and that organized, and once we get past graduation, or once we get past this, or once we get our kids too. And we do find ourselves distorting our thoughts. But not only that, but we find ourselves denying the very things that are in front of our face. Our loved ones see it. (laughs) Even our acquaintances see it. And yet we find ourselves going on that we have less joy than we once did. We begin watching or scrolling or indeed simply just withdrawing too much. We find ourselves simply disengaging. Life becomes a checklist of things to do rather than something to enjoy. Is that one thing after another, we live for that vacation, but that vacation ends too quickly. Is that we live for that next thing and then it never satisfies. We find ourselves in the midst of things with too much internet, too much eating, too much sleeping, too much shopping, too much caffeine, too much of whatever it is that we try to fill our lives with. Too quickly, 
that we can find ourselves there in the midst. In the midst of the mess and the problems and the issues that we find ourselves like Mary, downcast and downtrodden and worried. But that was her life before. What about her life now? Well, with her Lord now having been crucified, killed, and laid in the tomb, Mary saw all of that old life rushing back. Mary thought of all of those things that all of life had taken her down, all of those wrong paths and those wrong places and those places where she found herself simply in the midst of that mess, that she didn't want to go there again. But the fact is, is that we find ourselves like Mary in a mess. That we find ourselves at times in our life downcast or downtrodden, depressed about many things. That we live in the richest nation in the world. And yet the World Health Organization says we are also the most depressed nation in the world. Cheery thought, I know. Is that over the last number of years, the depression among American teenagers has increased 200%. That how are we doing? In the midst of all of your busyness, all of your stuff, in the midst of all of those things, we know the mess that even suburban, middle-class life can bring. But do we see it? Do we admit it? Do we acknowledge the very things that are there staring us in the face? Then Mary doesn't want to go back to that life before Christ. That her life had been changed. Well, today as we gather towards Easter, so we desire that our Lord would continue to be at work in our lives, changing those very places in our lives where we need Him. But Mary's life was changed. That when the Lord came and asked, what are you seeking? Is that she simply asked him, where have you taken his body? And with one little word, that Jesus changed her life. That he said that word, Mary. And never had she heard it so tenderly spoken. And never did she imagine to hear that same familiar voice say that name again. That our Lord comes into our lives where we often are too blinded to what's before us and we find ourselves too worried and concerned and stressed and downcast to see the very hope that is offered. But our Lord comes to us today and speaks those very words. That Mary now had hope. All of the fears, all of the worries, all of the stresses disappeared because her Lord was alive. That Jesus was risen. Jesus was reigning. That all of her past, all of her sins, everything that was now rushing past was once again safely in that tomb left forever to be forgotten. Jesus invites you today to forget your past, to put away those sins, 
to come and find the forgiveness, the grace, the promise as He speaks your name and invites you to come and see just how much He loves you. That this is that very promise that we have. That we have a Lord that was powerful enough that the grave could not hold Him. That the stone was not rolled away that Jesus may be let out. The stone was rolled away so that we may be let in to see. To see what was there. That Jesus, when raised from the dead, that He got up. That he tidily folded his clothes and made his bed just like Mama taught him. And he left that grave forever, never to sleep again. For may that very one who is living and reigning, the one who promises to you today that your sins have been paid for, may he give you this promise that your life is changed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the one who has given us this great gift of Christ, an eternal promise that never ends, never runs out, never stops short, but that promise that is here for us today. That we know that it indeed took even more than seeing the very evidences that were there, the proofs that were right in front of their eyes, that it took that amazing experience of Christ coming to them that even changed his disciples to know that Jesus was truly alive. That we pray today that we may not go through this life simply just rushing and running through it, but give us eyes of faith to see, to see you before us, and to see your promises that are ours. All this we pray in your Son's name. Amen.